Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. This is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. And today I am joined by a student from the University of Western Australia, Juan Ayala. Juan, how are you today? Hey, Brian, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Great. Awesome. Awesome. And it feels to me like we're in the final throes of the pandemic, and hopefully that hasn't been too much of a negative effect on you and your life and your studies. Well, uh since I spent all the pandemic in Western Australia, we were yeah. like in a in a lockdown, mm-hmm. uh, but in a lockdown for the state. Uh, from all the from the complete pandemic, we spent about in total under I, I I may say about four to six weeks on lockdowns, mm. intermittent lockdowns. Yeah, and with no community cases most of the rest of the time. That was until December last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that we that we opened our borders, but other than that, in those four to six weeks, um, we were COVID-free, so it was quite amazing. Yeah. Oh wow. We were very 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 lucky. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 great. Yeah, that's really really good. So Juan, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, your your schooling, your career, whatever you want to share with us. Uh, sure. Uh, so I'm I'm originally from Chile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a city called Chillán, which is about four and a half hours south from Santiago. Okay. Uh, I went to Concepción to the University of uh, the, the Catholic University of Concepcion uh-huh. okay. to study civil engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, about a year of uh, when I froze those studies and I went to study aeronautical engineering in the Chilean Air Force. Mm. Uh, but I I didn't like that, so yeah. I went back to civil engineering. And after with the the later units I get to know your techniques and then I, I fell in love with the, with the career yeah 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 and, so yeah and and colleges in uh, Chile are different than in North America how many years is a normal program for engineering in Chile uh, for in Chile is uh, six years yeah. for civil engineering yeah so for for us, that's similar to getting your master's degree because our programs are four years to get a bachelor's. Yeah, yeah no, uh, the bachelor, I think, is also four years, but to get the professional, the professional uh, career of mm-hmm. civil engineer, yeah, uh, is six years. It's uh, 11 semesters of uh, units, mm-hmm. and then one semester, the last one, doing a, a thesis. Yeah. And yeah, but my, my guess would be that the difference is because we usually don't have calculus or algebra on high school. 
So mm-hmm. we, we th- that's what we use our first two years basically on basic sciences. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And one more. Yeah. Yep. What did you do after you graduated? After I graduated, I went to Santiago. I mm-hmm. went to I I, I work for worked for Boulder Boulder uh-huh. Associates. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was in the rock mechanics area. Okay. Yeah. How did you I like rock? Me- how did you yeah. like rock mechanics? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a it's quite interesting because it's um it's also for from a civil engineering perspective. It's also mining geotechnics. Yeah. But the approach is quite different. It is. And, and when I moved to tailings, it's it was a bit shocking in a way because before I was analyzing, let's say, a bit of uh, 400 meter depth. Mm-hmm. And I had a UCS, which would be an equivalent to, the, for, to a cohesion of five megapascals. Yeah, and, and then I would go and evaluate, uh, try to assess the stability of a uh, tailings embankment of 40 mm-hmm. meters, so yeah. 10 times <laughs> yeah. shorter. Yeah. But the cohesion, yeah. if it was five, you were in luck, five kilopascals. So it was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, in the, the size of the structures about 10 times, but the resistance about a thousand. So mm-hmm. it didn't felt quite. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I was very lucky because my approach was uh, guided by Andy Fury and David Reed, which are my uh, supervisors. My okay, leaders. yeah, two two of my so, favorite guys in the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, mine too. <laughs> uh, I was very lucky, and, and I'm saying that uh, now that I just uh, submit my thesis. So. <laughs> Ah, awesome, awesome! Yeah. You know, yeah. I've known I've known Andy for twenty uh, something years. I met him when he was still teaching at um, in South Africa, and I I had him uh, helping me with a tailings facility that was misbehaving, and I really got to enjoy his his uh, knowledge and of course his company as well. Yeah, I know. I've I've learned a lot with him. I'm very Grateful. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's very practical. Yes, yes it is. So so Juan, tell us about your area of study at the University of Western Australia. Uh, my my research is uh, was approached from an experimental uh, point of view, and it was mostly related to do CPT uh, testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, on loose man, loose man tailings. Yeah. Andy and Dave have this uh, project called Tailic. Yeah. Tailic of action. Mm-hmm. And the we have uh, six sponsors, six mining companies that send us some some material, plenty mm-hmm. of material for us to test. Mm-hmm. So I would grab those and and, and place them in, in one of the two calibration chambers that we develop at the university. Yeah. And it's basically like running a triaxial test in the sense with a bigger sample, but in the sense that you would prepare the sample if you want to do it as a slab deposition or uh, I, I mostly did 
uh, moist stamping because I was okay. aiming to very very loose samples. Yeah. Uh, but then you would saturate the sample in a similar way as an natriaxial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would consolidate the sample. And at the end, instead of cheering the sample, you would push the cone. So in that sense, I was able to correlate the deep resistance with the density of the material. But since I was approaching the, the problem from a critical state of mechanics point of view, and I had additional material to do some triaxial testing, some index testing, I would be able to, I, I did the characterization with the Northern Constitutive Model. And, and I was, well, before that, just with the triaxials, I was able to get the critical state length. And since I knew the density, void ratio, and the confinement, the effective stress of the sample, I was able to correlate the normal centrifuge resistance with the state parameter. That's the main uh, avenue of my, of my research. And, um, yeah. yeah. And what is, what is it helping us to understand? Uh, the thing is that we have in the characterization of telling storage facilities, yeah. since the position is uh, can vary from, from facility to facility, is uh, the, the best way of knowing the state, the mechanical, the hydromechanical state uh, is through in situ testing. Yeah. And yeah. since when we push the CPT into any material, the instrument is really reading the mechanical resistance, this being in the teeth, in the in the sleeve, or the pore water pressure in whichever position within the CBD, you're not directly measuring uh, the density of the material, the state parameter. So which is which can be the, the, the mechanical resistance and mechanical behavior and cheering of the material is can be quite dependent of that. Yeah. So in order to have a, a better approach, you have to calibrate the mechanical resistance that your CPT is measuring with some materials. The calibration chambers, these large triaxial cells, yeah. uh, have been used since the 80s. The earliest uh, report that I could find, it was from the late 70s, if I'm not misremembering. Hmm. Uh, and they have done plenty of uh, testing, not necessarily from a critical, critical state of mechanics point of view, but yeah. you have some quite known, very well tested materials, in particular, let's say, Ticino sample, which uh, you can find in the literature over 600 uh, calibrating chamber tests. Wow. Hmm. So when you have the same sort of the same material, you can do a later characterization, find the critical state uh, line, and then knowing the the density, even if you had it from a relative density uh, data, mm-hmm. you can transform that to a void ratio state parameter. Yeah and get some calibrations for that. The, the thing that my, my research is uh, bringing to the table 
is um, is test is doing this these tests in silty mine tailings and in particular in very loose very loose uh, states because most of these uh, historical tests are done in clean sands in place yeah right and most in, in dilated states yeah or a denser states because uh, you can usually find in daily uh, storage facilities so yeah yeah as you can imagine yeah, as you can imagine, it's really hard to get the sample prepared that loose in a triaxial uh, specimen because it just won't stand up. You know, the, the membrane makes it deform. And so yes. I, I think your calibration chamber is is a really good um, solution to be able to create that loose sample. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Depending on the material, you may be able or not, to some extent, get uh, what what could be the best or the closest thing to a undisturbed sample. Mm-hmm. But it has been proven by different studies that you still get some densification between transport, sampling, and preparation in the laboratory. Uh, and with the best methods that I'm aware of. Uh, you still get denser samples even if you have you, you end up with contractive samples those states are still way denser than you can actually find in situ not always but in, especially in this uh, in this silty when the tailings are have a high silty component uh, but at least you are getting as close as possible to us, to us, uh, to us in the field. So the the, the main input is uh, bringing some uh, needed uh, uh, some some missing uh, this missing piece of a uh, uh, calibration testing for these uh, particular materials. Yeah. And and how is the North End model helping you? Uh, from different uh, from different ways. The, the, the most important in the paper that uh, we got published a few days ago is that I I can uh, reproduce laboratory testing, mostly triaxial uh, testing. Mm-hmm. I can calibrate the the parameters of the model, and then I can use, a, in particular in this paper, I use the CBD widget software, uh-huh. yeah. which is a finite element, a, a open source software a, developed by Mike Jeffries and Dan Shuttle, mm. that uses the cavity expansion concept, which this is a, uh, one dimensional uh, compression test in one end and you correlate that resistance or that uh, pressure because you start loading this uh, one dimensional line and at some point of that charge the pressure in the cavity element is constant that's called the limiting pressure 
and you correlate that limiting pressure to, or you try to correlate that limiting pressure to a calibration chamber CVD test. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So since uh, the geometry of the CVD penetrating the soil is uh, quite different than a one-dimensional simulation, you need to scale these results. And that scaling was based on other materials, uh, which the authors was the, the, the best they had on hand to work with. Yeah. Uh, was still a pretty big database, but they, those were mostly sands. So I, I found that there was a, a, some discrepancies when comparing this, uh, this calibration for sands and applying them to, to silts. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's the, the point I'm doing. And I present a, a, an equation there to correct the results from this software because uh, it's, it's, um has been is winning a lot of adoption and with reason because uh, it's, it's great the way this approach for tailings it's, uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's I'm very comfortable as an engineer working with it they, they, mm-hmm. you, you always have some uncertainties yeah. but the mechanics behind it um, I don't have any problem with that so I may be missing some data from the field and maybe missing some data from some from some other parts and i may i may need to ask the client to get some more samples for clear cells and so on mm-hmm. the, the this way of approaching the, the the mechanical stability for these particular structures uh, i'm 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 very confident on it as an engineer i feel comfortable doing it yeah yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you've uh, accomplished some some uh, pretty difficult things. The the thesis and also writing a, a paper for a, a, a trade or a, 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 it's in Canadian Geotechnical Journal. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that that's quite a challenge just to prepare that paper as well. So, if if you could summarize the the paper for people how would you summarize that uh well the paper we had to put it we had to put the end so that's a is i will tell you which what we had to put from it but uh-huh. it was a bit sad because uh, journals are not taking papers over some length right right uh, but the, the paper, this paper in particular, is um, introduce uh, explains why uh, the industry is using the, the CBD widget with the mm-hmm. Norsan constitutive model yeah. to calibrate the correlation between the normalization resistance and the state parameter based on laboratory triaxial testing. Of, yeah. the, of the particular material you want to you want to calibrate, mm-hmm. uh, may, I made a, a background of the of the different literature and the advance and in, in, in this scaling equation that brings the, the simulation from a 
linear simulation to a to a, what what is what what was found in the laboratory mm -hmm. with the in this particular case for the current version of the software I understand is for Ottawa, Ticino, Erksan, and Milton mines, uh, Sands. And okay. uh, after that, I introduced two uh, tailings, two silty tailings, one from a, from a gold tailings, from an Australian gold uh, mine site in a South African platinum uh, mine site. Uh -huh. Uh, I Kali, I do show the Texas testing. I, I, I try to had to be brief in, in the way of uh, how to calibrate or how was my approach, which is yes. quite common in, yeah. in that way to calibrate the Northern Consultative model. Uh, then I show the the simulations for the CPD widget, and I had for one material I also had some vendor element testing, so I had a a small discussion there of how to approach the elastic parameters calibration. And after that, I compare the CBT widget outputs with the laboratory testing. I, I present our point of view, uh, what we think is, is, is this different based, and it's in particular this calibration to this four sums I mentioned you. Uh, and then I present an equation to rescale this, uh, this uh, scaled by default by the software uh -huh. uh, results. Results, yeah. And then I I test them against the data, and, and of course they they fit nicely because you're I'm comparing them with the same data that I was calibrating. Yeah, right. And, the, right. and, and, and but the the nicer the nicer part of this paper was the the part I had to put that was the last chapter mm -hmm. or or section. It was that I take some Canadian lead and sink tailings of for, for which I didn't have any any data, uh -huh. any any triaxial data, but I had the calibration uh, the Northern calibration yeah. from from previous papers, mm -hmm. and I had the CPT uh, a CPT data in. In the recovered uh, recovered samples from which, since they, they were saturated, they were able to estimate the the void rate on the state parameter. So I get to have an improvement in the in the calculation of the state parameter in depth, and it matched most of those points that okay. were assessed independently from the recovered samples. Okay, that's that's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, that was yeah. So I am. I, 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 I submit that additional section as a note to another journal. Ah, okay. It was a chain, but it, it would be great to have it on the same paper because it was like the cherry. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, or, that's or really the, good. The, the cake, but that, that's yeah, slight. Yeah, so do you, do you plan to present this at some conferences so more people can get to know what you've done? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the thing is that I was uh, now focusing on, on submitting my, my thesis. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, of course, I'm going to, but I, I don't want to copy the same data, the method, as long as I feel comfortable presenting it, of course, I'm going to present it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm looking for more examples uh, from different mine sites. Mm -hmm. And uh, I already found one. I haven't... I, I, 
I'm, I haven't spoken yet with the with the client in order to get permission to do it. But I, I'm, I'm finding additional examples of recovered something. It's the same approach. Uh, you have the CBT. I get I calibrate the the North Sun constitutive model. Yeah. Simulations with the widget. Correct them with this equation that mm-hmm. uh, is in the in this paper in the Canadian Geotechnical Journal. Yeah. And, and then I, I show how this uh, rescaled interpretation match or not the recovered samples. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah okay. of course. Now it's easy because now I have this paper in, in, in this uh, journal that is uh, well known. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of prestigious. So uh, now just would be showing additional examples of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's us. Fantastic. And Juan, what is next for you? Once you uh, are a full PhD, what's the next step for you? Uh, I've been, I, I did started a, a few months ago to work a, with SRK in Perth. Oh, okay. With the, with the Mind Waste team here. Yeah. And, and yeah, I like it so far. Yeah, having access to since SRK is a, it's a great company and has a lot of uh, experts. Yeah, in different for sure. Topics. It, yeah. It's great to come, in, uh, come back to consultancy. I, I did spend about five years, uh, no, oh, yeah, five and a half, something like that. Uh, okay, working for different consultancy companies in, in Chile, mm-hmm. uh, always for, for mining mining uh, projects right right uh, I, w- I was very lucky because I, I i also was working with other big companies which gave me access early access as a graduate engineer to big projects and to have the chance to uh, know experts from different different parts of the world mm-hmm. and since i was uh, one graduate chief engineer that spoke english yeah or or i was when they had uh, some expert come around i was able i was uh, a good choice for them to to send me to help him within his uh, particular expertise which was great for me to learn and even as a translator so it was a, a win-win situation <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's pretty cool yeah so okay. uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm working with them. I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable uh, with the way uh, I've seen how engineering is approached, and, and also started to to work in, in projects in different parts in different parts of the world, which is yeah. quite exciting. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, that's very cool. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, thank good you very much. Juan, I think I am out of questions. Was there anything you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked you about? Uh, well, um, just something quite short. The, the, it, it wasn't that hard to put my thesis uh, together because mm. uh, uh, UWA, the University of Western Australia, where I'm doing my PhD, yeah, yeah. has a... Uh, uh, a free way of doing a thesis so it's not like a street with a format or so and most people in engineering at least they do a 
thesis by papers. So you yeah. actually focus do, while you're doing your, your research in, in publish uh, these works as this one, this the one that, I, that I'm, we're talking today is, a, is the second paper of, of my, of the four paper that I'm putting in my thesis. Uh, I, I just wanted to, well, so it was it was more management and administrative work to put the thesis together than oh, yeah. actually technical work because it was uh, mostly done. Yeah. Uh, thank, thankfully for, for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the last paper, it was uh, something uh, uh, very nice that we, we got together with Andy and Dave. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about, uh, because I, we have two calibration chambers. So okay. the, the small one, uh, Andy and Dave were, before I arrived to Australia, they were already managing the construction and that, that design is, is, is mostly Dave and Andy's uh, work. Yeah. When I when I came around, we had to fix some stuff, but it was already uh, basically a working machine. So, mm -hmm. uh, but while I was doing testing in, the, in this small calibration chamber, yeah. I was also working in the design of a large calibration chamber, which is based on the in a in a model that comes from the University of New South Wales. Hmm. Uh, they had this calibration chamber to work with unsaturated uh, materials. Okay. And uh, I based the model of this uh, calibration chamber. The, the bottom half of the calibration chamber is based on their design. And the top half, since I was approaching, uh, since our approach was for very loose samples that were going to contract uh, an important volume, while saturating especially, uh, we had to make a moving top piston that would follow the sample as it falls, uh, and had a different approach for that. But we had now two calibration chambers. Uh, the small one is based in a triaxial test in a triaxial machine, sorry. So you can do very, very uh, slow penetration. So I could uh, I could do for this, uh, the penetrations I used for this paper that I was uh, telling you, were in the range of uh, 0 0.02 millimeters per second, around that. That's the speed of the CBT. So even that uh, silts have a low permeability, comparison to sands, of course, uh, you still get a, Drainage penetrations, and you can yeah. see that this is—you can see this in the in the in the uh, in the pore, pore water pressure uh, gauge that is in yeah. the that is in the in the in the group. Yeah, and that's also very cool because at the UWA you have a lot of uh, different. You have like four different teams of um, geotechnical engineering. You have a full building of guys doing uh, offshore geotechnics. You have. Uh, mostly Andy's team doing uh, and Andy's working with two or three postdocs and uh, several PhD students you have tailings you have uh, another group working on, on rock mechanics so the guys from the ACG uh, yeah. and you have civil geotechnics also Barley uh, Hain there so you have a lot of geotechnical <laughs> engineering uh, in, in those in those facilities, and you have a lot of experimental geotechnical engineering. Yeah, uh, UWA has not one but three geote uh, geotechnical centrifuge. Wow! So in that, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, for me it's like, why three? You know? Like, yeah. 
they were yeah. they were all booked booked and, and working most of the time at least wow it's, it's, yeah, it's impressive wow uh, and in those facilities you have a, a very very good guys working very good engineers doing this uh, small scale CBDs yeah so we, we we were able to have this uh, 6.4 millimeters in diameter and another one for for 10 10 millimeters okay diameter. that was yeah. a fully functional cbdu hmm. uh, okay. and, and all the string gauges were in the proof so it's yeah. just like something that you have the a, a bar in the middle that goes outside the system and Right. You may have some compression of the bar, or you may mm. not be sure of the pore water pressure that you're measuring because you're measuring outside. Or no, it's it's, it's quite impressive the, the work that they do. So it was easy in that sense for me uh, because you have for me as a student, uh, I had a a, a big uh, a machine already working. Yeah, that's that's a lot of really cool resources. And, and with those two CBTs, between these small drain CBTs and the large calibration chamber that I was doing uh, regular velocities, 20 millimeters per second, I could have for this material drained and partially drained penetrations. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing of the last chapter, of the last technical chapter of my thesis, uh, is that we managed to uh, mix critical states from mechanics from yeah. with a partial drainage uh, with the partial, partial drainage framework yeah. produced by Mark Randles. Mm -hmm. uh, and that also is going to be a, a paper that if accepted, because I just submitted it uh, a few weeks ago, mm. uh, uh, it's going to be great because I, I, I love that the uh, results from that from that paper. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. I'm very happy with the work uh, that I was able to develop with Andy and Dave. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's that's great. Well, Juan, I I think we've covered a lot of stuff today, and I appreciate you spending some time with me and and sharing your your knowledge and your research and also the information about the University of Western Australia, especially their their amazing geotechnical uh, department and, and it sounds really very, very impressive. Oh, it's, it's really fun, really, really fun to be. Yeah. I, I was supposed to suffer more doing a PhD, but <laughs> no, it was, I, I work a lot. I work very hard, but no, it was quite, quite impressive. I, I'm still impressed by the by the capacity of uh, well, yeah. we have a lot of a lot of awesome guys working there. Yeah, no, that's great. That's especially, great. especially, and I was very lucky, very very lucky of uh, being able to work with uh, with Andy. I met him in Chile in 2018. We oh. talked for half an hour, and that was it. Oh, okay. When I arrived in Australia. I met Dave. And he touched, he teach me, taught, taught me, teach me a lot. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, one, I know you're a busy guy, and I, I'm gonna let you go, but I, I really appreciate you no coming worry. on and uh, say hi to Andy and to Dave for David for me. Sure thing. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll uh, hope to see you at a conference one of these days. Sure thing. All right. So. so, thank you.
Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.